Good moment, everybody. This is the Terry Wilkerson Show podcast for August 13th, 2020. We are recording, of course, on August 12th. We would normally be doing this on Podbean Live, but there have been several technical difficulties in producing this show that has caused us to basically migrate to another platform. Currently, we are doing this, as always, we're doing it live from our bunker, an undisclosed location here in the Philadelphia suburbs. We are doing this currently through, well, just our own recording software. This is going to be uploaded in both video format to YouTube as well as the... um, Sorry, I'm distracted. My usual co-host, Lucky the Cat, has decided to grab my arm. Uh, As well as all of our major podcast platforms available tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. August 13th, 2020. Hopefully by next week we will have the live streaming version of this figured out. In the meantime, you know, uh, obviously I'm not going to have the call-in feature. You can always reach us on Twitter at the Terry W underscore the underscore Terry W show. Or sorry, Terry W underscore show on Twitter. And of course you can always reach us at Terry at TerryWilkerson.com. Don't forget to look up our Facebook page as well, TerryWilkerson.com, to interact with this show until we figure out exactly how we're going to handle this from a live perspective. Right now, it's a simple matter of me sitting down here in the bunker using an open broadcast software, trying to figure out how to get the stream key up on the website. So stay tuned, folks. I am doing my best. Don't think I'm doing too bad for a one-man show, but here we go. Okay, well, we all know about everything that's going on in the world right now. It's just become surreal. It is surreal out there, especially when you consider that you have Kamala Harris is now the vice presidential candidate. My understanding is she hated Joe Biden with the white hot fury of a thousand blazing suns. Is this not the same Kamala Harris that just a matter of months ago during the Democratic nomination process said that she believed Biden's accusers? Is this not the same Kamala Harris that just a matter of months ago called Joe Biden a racist and now all of a sudden she is on his side? The the contradictions are just absurd. The, the, the contradictions drive me insane because that seems to be right now what the left is all about. It's about the contradictions. It's about what's good for me is not good for you. It kind of reminds me of when your parents used to say, because I said so. That's what the Democrat Party has become. It has become the party of, because I said so. And I am not going to sit here and try to pretend that the Republican Party has not historically been the same. It absolutely has. The Republican Party has been the, because I said so party in the past. It just happens to be the Democrats right now. By the way, I can't be the only one out there. If, if there are any fellow old-school wrestling fans out there who find it odd that uh, the wrestler Jim Harris, who wrestled under the name of Kamala, Jim Kamala Harris, passed away a few days ago, and now Kamala Harris is your vice presidential candidate. I can't be the only one who finds that odd. So we have that going on. We have Kamala Harris is now the vice presidential candidate for Joe Biden. The police commissioner of Seattle has quit because Seattle is intending to defund the police, including 100 
plus, from what I've read earlier, minority jobs. Yeah, they're getting rid of minority employees in Seattle. But hey, you know, Seattle is the most liberal, fantastical city in the entire nation, right? We're told it's an absolute dream to live up there in Seattle. Seattle, Portland, the entire Pacific Northwest. Oh, it's such a dream up there if it weren't for, you know, like the lack of policing and the increased rates of crime and murder and other, you know, absolutely vile, horrible things that normally make a city unlivable. But for some reason, we're supposed to look at Seattle, Portland, and that entire area as being the gold standard of living for the entire human race. Um, I'm getting bit by the cat. This is the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the um, the benefit, I don't know, of, of doing a show where there's just three cats roaming around down here in the bunker with me. Um, he bites and then he licks. Interesting cat. His name, like I said earlier, is Lucky. Lucky, if you want to say meow, go right ahead. If not, just keep licking me, that's fine. So last week, we had a little bit of a discussion about how... The lack of agricultural industry in this country can affect the individual. And if this is your first time tuning into the Terry Wilkerson Show, our format is we discuss the news, we discuss world events, we discuss pretty much everything in life from the individual perspective. How does it affect me? How does it affect you? Not as a society, not as a mass, not as a group think brain, but no, as an individual. That's what our website, terrywilkerson.com, focuses on, and that's what the Terry Wilkerson Show focuses on. So, I actually was back and forth on topics for today's show, trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to talk to you guys about. And then it happened that on um, Facebook or, or Reddit, I cannot remember which one it is because I've had the same discussion on both sites, I was asked if I considered myself a conservative Republican, and my response was conservative, yes, Republican, no. I do consider myself a conservative libertarian, as I've discussed on this show and many of my other concept podcasts before. And the question was, well, how can you consider yourself a conservative libertarian? They're diametrically opposite in terms of their ideology. And... I typically would have gotten into a long, drawn-out discussion, but elected not to. I actually decided to handle that particular discussion here on the show, and since we're not going to have any call-in, it's going to just be me trying to explain this, pretty much as it was last week, because we had technical difficulties on Podbean as well. So, we're just going to get right into it here tonight. I did, of course, as I've explained to you guys before, I grew up a Republican. I considered myself a Reagan Republican, a conservative Republican, for a good portion of my life. And then maybe about 10 years ago, finally made the decision to officially move over to the Libertarian Party because I just didn't buy into the the Republican platform writ large. So what was it that I didn't buy into? Well, that's kind of what I'm getting to here. You see, we as individuals have to find something we believe in. And it is human nature to try and find a political party or some form of group ideology that completely reflects what we believe in. Let me tell you, that's not possible. You cannot find 
any group that's going to 100% exemplify what you believe in. And if you do, that's an even bigger problem than trying to find one to begin with. I used to think that I needed to believe 100% in the Republican platform. Much like there are far too many people out there today who believe that they have to believe 100% in whatever platform they happen to support, be it Republican, Democrat, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or, you know, white supremacy, separationist, it, it, th these platforms. Now, first of all, there are platforms that are inherently evil. Yeah, any platform that, that propagates terrorism, domestic or otherwise, as being a central tenet of their platform is just plain evil. So, yes, I'm calling out the KKK, any white supremacy, any black supremacy group, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, these groups are plain evil. And there could be an argument made that the Democrat and Republican Party certainly both have tenets of evil in them, and I have seen evil come from both sides. Another one of the reasons that I went to the centrist Libertarian Party, and I don't even think centrist is a proper explanation of what the Libertarian Party is. So, how could I consider myself a conservative Libertarian? Well, let me explain this. I personally believe that when we look at conservatism, and there's a fantastic documentary right now, by the way, on Fox Nation, that if you get a chance to watch um, the conservatives right all along, I believe is the subtitle, discusses the central tenets of conservatism in terms of both the fiscal and the social policies involved with conservatism. And I certainly agree with a number of both. I don't agree with the entire platform. So the answer to how do I consider myself a conservative libertarian is I lean more toward conservative ideology than I do liberal ideology. And I'm certain there are other libertarians out there, fellow libertarians, who would completely disagree with me. This is me talking. This is my idea. This is where I stand on these issues. So, one thing, if you were to pull up any type of comparison of Republicans, Democrats, and Libertarians, you almost invariably come up with this um, agenda meme. I, I don't know if it's a meme or what you would call it, that um, shows the quote-unquote agendas for Democrats, Republicans, and Libertarians. And the, the agenda basically shows that the Republican and Democrat parties believe in the same things, they just approach it very differently. Whereas the Libertarian Party, and Libertarians in general, believe in a limited-sized government, a limited form of government, individual liberty, individualism, basically everything I talk about on this show, individuality. Now, growing up as a Republican and realizing later in life that the Republican Party was just as solidly behind the concept of groupthink and mass hysteria as the Democrats were. Kind of a um, downer, man. Kind of a hard pill to swallow, but it's a pill that I did swallow, and in fact, it was, to me, a red pill. So when I look at conservatism, the idea of maintaining our American history, I, I don't think you have to be a Republican to believe in the concept of maintaining our American history. We have a wonderful, beautiful history as a country. 
We have done some really bad things in our history, but every nation has. We are not the only one. We have this amazing, wonderful history, shades of gray here and there, and definitely shades of black here and there. And don't take that as any type of uh, racial epithet. Epithet, that is a simple declaration of that's a bad, bad time. Bad America, don't do that again. Slavery, bad, don't do that again. Um, (laughs) But every country has had its share of horrible moments and horrible instances. So I do believe in conserving our history. It's important to know our history. And why is it important to know our history? Well, you have to know where we came from. You have to know what it took to build this nation, to get where we are now, in order to understand the foundation of this country. You can't, it's akin to the basic physics. Let's say you happen to be a builder, and I know absolutely nothing about building, so forgive me if I use stupid. Uh, analogies here. If you're a builder and you're building a house, you know that you have to build the foundation and then the frame and then start putting in the plumbing and start putting in the electrical work and then put up the drywall. You have to have a foundation. You have to have a form before you can have a completed house. The same thing is true when you're trying to understand Our country, our nation, our foundation goes all the way back to the Founding Fathers. That's why they're called the Founding Fathers. You have to understand where we came from. You have to understand what we went through to understand where we are as a nation now. You have to understand how we got to be here to understand where we're going. Isn't that foundational even in your own life? Do you not ever stop and take a look in the mirror and go, damn, this is where I started. This is where I am now. This is how I got to where I am now. You have to understand your own history, right? So why do you want to erase American history? Oh, well, because it's racist. Okay, well, we're we're never going to get rid of this now. We're never going to get rid of it. Unfortunately, no matter what, we're going to have people in this country who believe that The system that we live under, the system that our founding fathers created, the system that our brave men and women have fought and died for, they're always going to be somebody who claims, oh, well, that's just racist. It's not racist. Get that out of your heads. Okay, I'm I'm getting really tired of hearing it. I know it's not going to go away, but I'm fucking tired of hearing it. Because our country is not systemically racist. That whole 1619 Project bullshit... Yeah, somebody should really just walk into the New York Times, find the master copy of it, tear it into little pieces, take a piss on it, and then burn it. Because the 1619 Project is the most absurd... Nicole Hannah-Jones is the, the, the Orson Welles. You know, the, the idea of the War of the Worlds. Nicole Hannah-Jones is the Orson Welles of 2020. She has managed, even though it was, what, a a year or two ago, she has managed to just create this mass panic over an absolute non-story. A story that the New York Times initially admitted was just a hypothetical. It was a thought piece. But now it's become canon. It's being taught in the schools that teachers do not want to go back to. So, 
If we look at our actual history, not the revisionist history, not the 1619 Project crap, if we look at our actual history, it shows us how we got here. It shows us the struggles, it shows us the fight, and it shows us the resolve that it took to get to being the only nation in human history that allows you to do something stupid like the 1619 Project. Allows you to be the this is the only nation in the world that allows you to be so ridiculous and so moronic that you can challenge the very values upon which this nation was built. Try that shit in China. Try it in North Korea. Try it in, hell, try it even in the UK. The English are not very fond of you talking down to their history. This is the only nation in the world that gives you 100% flexibility to talk bad about the very nation that gives you that right and if you don't understand the hypocrisy of that then maybe you should find another show you know i hear howard stern is still on the air sorry i needed a water break there for a second so where was i on this uh, sheet here anyway so we're talking about the dichotomy and the difference between the parties the conservatives, like I said, they believe in, before I went off on that little miniature rant, uh, my tarrant for the day, if you will, Republicans believe in conserving our history. They believe in conserving social values. Now, this is one of those areas where I do not 100% agree with the conservatives. For one thing, you hear a lot about the sanctity of marriage, man and woman. Okay, you know what? Um, I am not going to sit here and push my beliefs on anybody else. I don't think anybody should be pushing their beliefs on anybody else. But since this is my show, I'm going to make this perfectly clear. If a man wants to marry a man, if a woman wants to marry a woman, that's not my business, that's not your business, that's not the government's business, that's not Dan Quayle's business, that's not Kamala Harris's business, that's not Grog's business, and that's certainly not... Kothos from Planet Hudubudu business. It's nobody's business. The sanctity of marriage exists in the institution, not in the biological sex of the two people getting married. The sanctity of the institution of marriage does not change because it's two men or two women as opposed to a man and a woman. What in the hell changes? Well, obviously, if you ask the conservatives, well, biblically, see, there's the problem. I am, of course, I have to say this every show because people just don't get it. I am, of course, agnostic. I don't even know anymore what I believe in. But if you base our nation's laws upon religion, you run some pretty serious risks there. You're, you're pushing very, very close to the edge. If you base our laws based solely on biblical or religious ideology... Well, what are you ultimately basing that on? I mean, you can sit here. If, if you're a person who happens to believe that the Bible is absolute 100% fact, okay, that's fine. I'm, I learned long ago I'm not going to argue with you. But there has to be a concrete reason behind a law. There has to be a tangible idea behind the law. If there is a punishment behind a law, what is that punishment based on? And this is another area where I, as being libertarian, disagree with conservatives and, and absolutely disagree with liberals on the left, you know, specifically the, the leftist Democrats. And let's make no mistake, there's a difference between liberals and leftists. 
the idea, and we might as well go right into this one, the idea of law enforcement, the idea of criminal activity. Conservatives have a tendency to believe that all criminals have to be treated as just plain out criminals. Well, while, while the Democrats have a tendency to go, eh, nobody should be considered a criminal, no matter what you do. Because after all, we now know, thanks to one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, that looting is nothing more than their idea of reparations. Yay! Reparations! Here's, my, here's where I stand when it comes to criminal activity, when it comes to criminals. Did you harm somebody? As in, did you physically harm them? Did you steal from them? Did you harm their family member? Did you harm their property? So basically, can you see a pattern there? Did you harm their property? Did you harm them as a person? No, not a crime. Prostitution, not a crime. Smoking weed, not a crime. I mean, I, I even have kind of an issue with um, with urinating in public. I know that sounds like a very strange one to go after. But if you're not actually doing any physical damage to person or property, and if you're urinating on a public building, okay, I can see where there's damage to property. But if you're taking a leak in, you know, a, a lake... There's no damage. I mean, <laughs> trust me, there's. I, I know this is a really odd topic, and I don't even know why I went into that one, but it was just an example that came off the top of my head. A crime has to have a victim. And crimes that do not have victims should never be considered crimes. So in terms of the conservative ideology of crimes and criminals, I, I can't agree 100% with it. I happen to be a believer that the entire spectrum of drugs should be legalized and treated as a public health issue. If you are a heroin addict, that should be considered a public health issue, or at least a medical issue, and you should be treated as a patient rather than a criminal. Now, if you look back, all the way back in 1992, 1993, one of those years, Jocelyn Elders, who was the Surgeon General, had made the statement that if you legalized marijuana, you would markedly reduce the crime rate. Well, no shit. If you take something that was a crime and you make it no longer a crime, guess what? The number of criminals committing that crime goes way down. Actually, it might even go down to zero. It, it is a possibility, Miss Elders. But it is a common sense idea. It sounded stupid the way that she put it, because after all, she was Bill Clinton's Surgeon General, and I, I don't understand how history remembers Bill Clinton as such a fantastic president. He was a moderate liar. He was a moderate at best liar. But somehow, people love the guy. So, getting back to topic, I hate when I don't have my notes here. I hate when I don't have my little run sheet because I just end up all over the place. Now, Democrats, as we've stated, they believe, well, nothing should be a crime. Absolutely nothing. No matter what you do, it shouldn't be a crime because you're doing what you feel. You're doing what you believe is right. Well, this is, again, back to believing in you know concert with Republicans. There is a black and white definition of right and wrong. Right and wrong are real things. They are not simply abstract concepts that have been made up by rich white men who want to imprison everybody. No, right and wrong is a very real thing. 
Hurting another human being is wrong. Period. And that is basically the end of the commandments that I believe in. Don't fucking hurt anybody else. The Republicans, you know, oh well, he he uh, you know, he should be in jail for 35 years because he carried, you know, a, a joint with him to school. Okay, I hate to break this to you, but I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you if I did have them in front of me, they would back this up. But I'm fairly certain what I read recently was that the majority of kids in middle school have already tried weed. It It's not reefer madness anymore. This has long been decided that that's just an idiotic idea. At any rate, so Republicans believe, you know, bad, 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 you know, bad, you know, law and order, lockdown, ah! Democrats are like, nah, man, just do whatever you want, bro. And then there's those of us in the, the libertarian sector who go, just don't fucking hurt anybody. Stop. Stop being an asshole to people. That should be the only commandment we need. Don't be an asshole. So we move on to the size of government. Both Democrats and Republicans are believers in large government. Make no mistake. The Republicans believe in a large national defense, and we'll get to national defense in just a second here. The Republicans believe in a massive national defense. The Republicans believe, or the Democrats, I should say, believe in the welfare state. The welfare state, the nanny state, however you want to look at it. Where am I as a libertarian? Well, I am in favor of a strong national defense, and I am against the welfare state. So I do there have more in common with the conservative ideology. Why would I be in favor of a strong military presence if I believed in the libertarian concept of the non-aggression principle? This is a discussion I've had before. Okay. The non-aggression principle simply means we leave other nations alone. And, I, and I'm a separatist when it comes to that. I, I, an isolationist is more the idea. I'm an isolationist in that I believe we should be focused on the United States of America solely. No other nation should take precedence. We should take care of ourselves. So, the military presence, the very strong military presence, is to protect our borders. When we are sending soldiers over into Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, wherever it is, when we send soldiers overseas to fight and die for not specifically American interests we are violating their rights as soldiers. We have no right to send somebody over to Afghanistan to die for a cause that does not directly affect our country. These boys and girls, these men and women, I should say, did not sign up to put their lives on the line for a village in Iraq. They signed up to put their lives on the line to protect our borders, our country, our interests, our future. So, that's how I can justify that. I do believe in a strong military presence. I don't think it needs to be overseas. I don't think we should be involved in these wars in the Middle East. It's none of our business. You know, we have our own oil reserves here in the United States. And this is one where I happen to disagree, by the way, with the Libertarian Party and the Democrats. We have our own sources of oil. We have our own fossil fuels here in this country. I personally believe... We should be utilizing them. Self-reliance is the most important concept 
of the individual. Self-reliance is what makes us individuals. But don't, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. Just look these things up. That's what I'm, I'm, all of this is simply to ask you to look things up, to do some research. If you're a Republican and you disagree with what's what I'm talking about, please look it up. Democrat, same thing. Libertarian, same thing. Independent, please just look things up. The whole point of when I come to you every week and I talk to you is all I'm asking you to do is to do your own research, is to do your own work. Don't rely strictly on what CNN or Fox News or anybody else for that matter is telling you. You have to make your own informed decisions. And the most important part of an informed decision is what? Information. And never, ever forget that information begins with I. So now we've taken just a brief look here at the differences between what Republicans, Democrats, and Libertarians believe. And that was just a couple of items. There are literally dozens of items that create the dichotomy between those three parties. And don't forget, there is the the Independent Party, there is the Green Party, there, there are a bunch of political parties out there. It just so happens that I belong to one of the big three, so I can talk from the perspective of a registered Libertarian. <sighs> Nothing like some ice-cold water out of my... You can't see it because I'm not doing a live video, but my trusty Mossy Oak tumbler that I've had for five or six years now, this thing has fallen out of every car I've owned. It's fallen off of every desk. It's just an amazing little tumbler. I'm not even getting paid for this. This is just, hey, if you happen to go out and you're looking for a tumbler, look for one of these little stainless steel Mossy Oak 32-ounce tumblers. This damn thing has been through hell with me. And... Uh, I, try, I tried using a different one for a while, but this one just, uh, it's a friend. You know, I want those googly eyes, like the girl from AT&T has. Emily, uh, Emily? Not Emily. What's her name? I don't remember. Uh, not going to lie to you guys, I have the Yankees game on in the background over here, and Gary Sanchez just hit a bomb. The uh, Yankees are currently down 2-1 to one in the bottom of the second inning against the Braves. If you don't care, no, that's fine. Anyhow, we've talked about the differences in the parties. Well, here's the basic idea of what I came to talk to you guys about today. There is a, a danger, a, a truly severe and inherent danger in ascribing or subscribing, I should say, specifically to one ideology. Let's say you happen to be an evangelical Christian and you believe only in one concept or one aspect of what the Bible tells you. Or let's say you happen to be an ardent atheist, which I did consider myself for a number of years to be. Let's say you consider yourself to be a staunch Republican, you know, a, a Reagan Republican, which, by the way, I also consider myself. Or let's say you are an ultra-liberal Karl Marx Democrat. And nothing will ever change your mind. The inherent danger in being so adherent to a specific point of view or a specific political philosophy or ideology is just that. You will never be able to fully change your mind. 
one of the things about being an intelligent human being and living as an individual is adaptability. See, we, uh, by the way, folks, Clint Frazier just tied the game up, two to two, nice home run there. I know I should be doing this live stream because, you know, then you guys could see that every once in a while I just look over at the game. I'm not going to lie to you. It's baseball season. What do you want from me? One of the great ideas about being an individual, in addition to, you know, the the self-reliance that we talked about earlier, is adaptability. We have to be adaptable. This is me saying this, too. You cannot go through your entire life believing just one thing. You cannot go through your life with tunnel vision. You'll never grow. You'll never get better. You'll never learn. The other problem with specifically holding on to one ideology is that you will never be able to understand the other side of the story. And where that could take a left turn is if you're that ardent about something, if you're that, if you feel that strongly about your Republican or your Democrat or even your Libertarian beliefs, and you say to yourself, well, I believe in this, I believe, okay, let's just try to go with examples, because I'm good at those. You know, I believe in a strong national defense. That's what the Republicans believe in. So I have to believe 100% in the Republican platform. Okay, does that mean that you believe abortion should be illegal? Does that mean you believe in totally secured borders? Does that mean you believe in absolutely everything on the Republican platform? Well, not exactly, but that's what I believe in. I'm a Republican, so I have to believe that. Or, you know, I'm a Democrat, so I absolutely have to be 100% in favor of abortion. I absolutely have to be 100% in favor of open borders. Are you actually in favor of those things? Well, I'm not sure, but I have to be. So that's what I'm going to believe in. It's absurd. There's an absurdity to that. There's a ridiculousness to that. The danger becomes once you are forced, or even more to the point, once you force yourself to hold to one specific set of values, and no matter what, you cannot allow yourself to deviate from those values, you're losing your identity as an individual. You have become part of that collective. And here at the Terry Wilkerson Show, we talk incessantly about individualism. And individualism cannot exist if you identify as part of a, of a group and that becomes your identity there's a difference between identifying with and something becoming your identity you know ask your average science fiction fan because they'll tell you to that to other people their identity is oh well you're a science fiction fan that's all you are remember that from school remember that back in high school when you had the groups, you had, you know, the uh, the jocks, you had the druggies, you had the, the sluts, you had the cheerleaders, you had uh, the greasers. I'm, I I had to throw that one in there because I happen to be a, a fan of 1950s era, you know, culture and, and memorabilia. It's such an awesome era. But if you remember back in those days when you had all those different groups, and that's essentially who you were, and it turns out, you know, hey, well, you know what, maybe that's not exactly 
what Ralph is. Maybe Ralph isn't just a mechanic. Maybe he's, you know, pretty cool. The same thing applies when you become an adult. Only thing is, once you become an adult and you start latching onto these ideas and you start identifying you start identifying yourself as group whatever. The older you get, the longer you do this, the harder it is to go back to becoming an individual. And the harder it is to go back to becoming just yourself. Just Ralph or just Terry or just Lucky. You get. I, I hope you guys get what I'm saying here. You're going to end up losing friends. You're going to end up losing family. And I, I've lost a lot of friends, especially in the last few months. I've lost contact with a lot of family members over my particular ideology and their particular ideology because we're all stubborn assholes. But at the end of the day, I tell myself, I have to adapt. I have to find a way to believe in other things. I, I cannot just sit here and eat hamburgers every day of my life. Number one, a cardiologist would tell you you've got like a year to live if you do that. But number two, you have to broaden. You have to find other avenues in your life. And if you find yourself just adhering to one political party with absolutely no deviation, and here's the thing, if you say to yourself, well, I am an ardent Republican, I am a staunch Democrat, I believe 100% in the Democrat platform, so I support all Democrats, I hate to break this to you, but not all Democrats out there believe in every single thing that the Democrat Party stands for. The inherent danger is that you build this up. You build it up in your head that this is what party A stands for. Or this is what group Q that I belong to stands for. Your entire life you've been told you don't have to fit in. Well, the truth is you don't have to fit in. You can have your own ideology. You can have your own view of the world. That's the whole concept of being an individual. Is formulating your own opinion. Taking the facts, viewing them through your own lens, and, and, and compiling your own mission statement, your own ideology of what the world should be. As long as you follow the central tenet that we talked about earlier in the show. Don't fucking hurt anybody. Don't be an asshole. That should be the central ideology, the central tenet of all ideology, and I keep using the word ideology. So think for yourself. If you happen to be somebody who believes that CNN is the ultimate word, the ultimate authority when it comes to news, okay, you and I disagree. I would ask you, to watch Fox News. Oh, I'm not watching Fox News. No way. Okay. Well, what about Newsmax? Well, what's that? Exactly. And if you happen to be, you know, on the other side of the argument, you know, I'll never watch CNN. Okay. All right. Well, have you ever read the Wall Street Journal? Uh, the Wall Street Journal? No, that's 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 some liberal shit. No, actually, I read the Wall Street Journal all the time. The Wall Street Journal is about as pro-capitalist as it gets. And I'm a capitalist. I am a 
ardent capitalist. I am a Milton Freeman worshipping capitalist. I read the Wall Street Journal.